Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to our kind of final year-end wrap-up uh, edition of Sharing Socks. I am uh, Southside Sox duty geezer Lee Allen. With me, my son and West Coast correspondent, Will, who has the uh, happy holidays, White Sox, uh, I don't know what they are, puffy guys uh, behind Snowmen! Snowmen! Well, I know they're snowmen, but I... I, I <laughs> <laughs> puffy <thought> guys. <laughs> well. Phil's boy, no boy comes to mind. But what could they possibly stuff. be? <laughs> <laughs> so we're doing it. We're going to start. There are things to talk about. There's obviously not much of anything happening in baseball. <laughs> There's literally nothing happening in baseball since uh, the lockout. We're recording this on the 15th, so it's been two weeks since lockout. Uh, the death of Roland Hemond, um, which is well, a sad thing, but he was fair. Like, to be fair, there's like three minor league deals that are in <laughs> yeah. the works. That's so true. we should minor, keep minor league that. deals are happening. Roland Heeman died, um, perhaps the most important person in White Sox history because he did the brilliant job of saving the team after 1970, uh, getting to Callan, among other things, and turning them into uh, uh, a good team, a very good team. Again, Chuck Tanner to manage and so forth. Uh, when they, in 1970, they were a disaster and headed to any town, and not just Tampa or Seattle. I mean, if, if somebody in uh, southwest Louisiana had made an offer of a stadium, they would have been headed down there, and, and he saved it. Uh, everybody speaks very well of people who die, of course, no matter what kind of jerks they were, but Heman had people speaking wonderful things about him while he was alive. Apparently, uh, not just a brilliant baseball guy, but a really, really good person. Um, and he lived to be 92, so he had a lot of time to be a good person. So, uh, 
so that it's a sad thing, but not too sad in '92. I mean, '92's done pretty time, well. Time, time has come. So that that was really the the big news of, of the past couple of weeks, as far as the White Sox are concerned. So we're or baseball in general. Um, we're there just going to do, do some Christmas uh, switch stuff. There's a great Seinfeld moment where uh, one of the Seinfeld's friends, uh, the parents' friends, has died at age 95. And everybody's so upset and is acting like the guy didn't live a good life. And Jerry's like, he was 95, you guys. And Kramer just goes, yeah, really makes you think. (laughs) (laughs) He did all right. He did all right. But, yes, we're on to our our Christmas wish lists uh, for this upcoming season. I have no clue what your wish list is. You have no clue what my, my wish, wish is list compiled is. into one big mess. You said make three wishes, but I have within one storyline a sequence of wishes. Uh, oh, well, and I've I'm... done a little bit of this in, in print on one of uh, one of Brett's. Let's uh, all get together and toss something into the hat things, but but not the whole thing. And that was a while back. So why don't you start out? So you're right, going mine's for good, mine's long. Mine's long. Okay, so you're going for like getting the basketball hoop for Christmas instead of getting, you know, a a, a new shirt and a, a toy truck and a, an ornament. You're going like I want one big present that just has a lot of great things about it. Whereas I think I'm going for let's get as many little presents as we can. Okay. In the upcoming year. So we got two totally different styles of Christmas wants. I think both very valid. I have done both through my life as a, as a gift receiver. Uh, as a, once I was a child, I think maybe you were too, though it's hard to believe at this point. While back, yeah. Um, so first on my list, all this talk about needing an infielder, needing a, a, a second baseman, needing a utility guy. I mean, there is a guy who won a gold glove just a couple years ago. He's familiar with the franchise. The people love him. He has fist bumped me multiple times, including at my bachelor party. Number one thing on my list, I want Yolmer back. I knew where that was heading immediately. (laughs) (laughs) I want Yolmer back. Everybody's acting like it's a big mystery who we can get. Guys, he's right there. Everyone loves him. He's a hit on social media. He seems to have tons of friends. Uh, I'm sure there are people who still have Yolmer jerseys, the three fans of his from back in the day when he was on the White Sox. So it's really just a, a great decision for everyone across the board to get Yolmer back. What do you think about my first wish? I, I'm, as you know, I'm a huge Yolmer fan and always have been. Uh, I think – Probably, were they to get him, you, first of all, the salary would not be very high. True. But secondly, probably the Gatorade people would be willing to defray most of that cost. Why is that? Because he's the one who dumps Gatorade over people whenever there's something good That's happening. That's true. He does do that, or a little pie to the face sometimes for the for the pitchers. But the pie uh, people, so- there's no money. But Gatorade, there's money. So for the record, just because this is, we do keep this as a record, we record this, uh, you are in 100% agreement that the White Sox sole free agency move after the lockout is to sign Yolmer Sanchez? I, I'm not sure about sole. Uh, critical. I would go with critical. Okay. Okay. Cool. Cool. My second wish, 
I want a new song from Yoan Moncada. I loved Disaster. I think you'll get this one. I think you'll get this one. I think I will, too. I think I will, too. Disaster Personal, great song. It, the most baller move ever to write your own walk-up song and then actually use it during the season, regardless of whether or not it's good and how much your friends are going to make fun of you and if they're going to dress up like you did in your music video. <laughs> uh, but I think we need another banger from Yaw Mankata. It can be something like, you know, I've got my legs back, my legs back, because he's still not all the way back from COVID. Or it can be like 40 pounds of gold around my neck because he has been sporting an absurd amount of uh, uh, gold necklace wear and diamonds. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't think anybody's is. done a study of how many times he got thrown out on very close plays that he would have been, you know, half a second faster if he didn't weigh 20 pounds extra. The whole White Sox organization needs to look at how the players are being weighted down by their gold chains. And you're joking, but it's starting to get absurd. There are there are definitely moments now where I watch a replay and I think I think that would have gone better if the guy didn't have 80 chains on. I don't know why the White Sox seem to be most lenient uh, in terms of what you can wear on the field or having no buttons buttoned up your jersey these days. Uh, but I'm thrilled. It's hilarious and ridiculous. And the idea of me having played high school baseball with all these massive chains is, is so funny. And I can't believe I didn't do it. Not even the Jock Peterson pearl necklace thing, which I should have done. My final, final thing. I want Jose Abreu to come out totally clean shaven this year. I want the little beard with the twisties gone. I want all the scruff gone. I want, like, nice haircut. I want to see, you know, we always talk about Jose Abreu and his mom and Jose Abreu and his grandmother. I want to see the clean-cut Jose that grandma wants to see on Easter Sunday. That's what I want. Jose has been gradually, as he's gotten better at baseball, he's he's, he's been still pretty solid. But he is, like, you know, with the, the helmet that's gross and, you know, he's always got the dip and the the – twisted up beard and it's not an impressive beard to begin with he's not rocking the Luis robert over well, you know the, the white Sox as a team where they have some very impressive beards obviously dallas keiko leading the way on that but True. there are a lot of pretty damn scrawny facial hair demonstrations on the white Sox. yeah i mean it's true across all of major league baseball because you you know you get to the show and you think okay i i am I was a boy amongst men, and now I am a man amongst men. So I'm going to grow great facial hair like some of my teammates. Well, a lot of these guys are actually just on the outside end of puberty. So they are not really filling in these splotches and, and the scraggliness. You know, who had a great, who can grow a great beard now, though, is Yolmer, and yet another reason why we should get him back on the team. He's He's looking sharp with facial hair. But I just want to see... Baby-faced, crisp, clean, Jose Abreu stepping up to the plate, you know, just all-American boy, even though he's Cuban, but, like, all-Cuban-American boy. And and I just want to see what that does for this team and, and, and for, you know, his, his leadership position. We haven't seen a real good, clean-looking Jose Abreu in years. I would like to see it, uh, even for just one game just one game and then start going back out again. But I think ever, I think 
you know, Jason's uh, jaw will drop if you see uh, a, a crisp. You get some brill cream in his hair, get it all slicked back. You know, they, they unbutton the shirt so much now, maybe he could even have a tie, uh, a, a necktie of some sort. If you can have gold chains, I don't see why. He can't be wearing a tie and a nice button down underneath his jersey. It would just be uh, it would just be a nice new look heading into 2022, clean slate. Um, well, he's probably on his way to becoming a general manager somewhere, so it could be kind of an audition for that. That's true. That is absolutely true. It'll give a lot of front office people an idea of what he'll look like when he shows up to winter meetings. So those are those are my three wishes. I want Yolmer. I want another banger from Yuan Mankata, and I want to see the the sleekest, suavest, handsomest version of Jose Abreu. We can possibly get. If he won't do it, you are a movie producer now. You can Photoshop him round down to that. No, but what I can do is create a fake movie about baseball players, audition Jose, and have him say at the end of his audition whether or not he's willing to shave, like we do here in Los Angeles. And he'll say yes, because who doesn't want to be in the movie? And I'll say, let's see another tape, but without the beard. There he is, clean shaven right there. I don't have to give him the role. He doesn't even ever have to find out it wasn't a real movie. I'm not saying it's a brilliant plan, but it's a plan. <laughs> all right. All right, so Ready what do you mine. got? Yeah, let's hear it. Hey, this, is, this is all Christmas wishes rolled into one. It's actually more than three when you get there, but... We start oh, out with so that's a that's a greedy move just from well, the start. Well, no, 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 because you could call them whatever they are to fold together into one. But, okay, okay. We start out. It's Christmas party time. Uh, a Hall of Famer baseball person goes to a Christmas party in Walnut Hills, not far from where he lives in Alamo, California. Um, as apparently he occasionally does, he's had a, a few drinks, leaves the place, heads out. Uh, falls asleep in an intersection in his car, as he apparently likes to do. Cop pulls up behind him, flashing lights, sirens, scares the hell out of him, doesn't know what's going on, hits the gas, jolts, rams into a fire hydrant, water spewing all over the place. Not only does he get charged with DUI, but with waste of water, which is like a felony in California. So he, he faces these charges. They drag him off to the police station. As it happens... There's a reporter at the police station because he's doing this cute little Christmas feature on cops and Christmas cookies. And he sees the Hall of Famer baseball person, who's, of course, very famous, gets a story, says, this is my chance to make the big time and not write for the Walnut Hills paper anymore, but get San Francisco or Washington or New York or Chicago. And so he posts this story. It gets on the Associated Press. It goes nationwide. Oh, there's hell to pay because... This was supposed to be the third strike, and he's out. But Jerry Reinsdorf says, no, no, he is my friend who we fired back in what, three of century 14, and we cannot do this to him. I refuse to do it. So finally, because you know what happened? Kenny Williams and Rick Hahn, they had their Christmas stockings up, and you know what they got as presents from Santa? manhood so they say we'll quit if you don't get rid of this guy and 
Jerry says, oh, I don't care. So all the coaching staff goes, we're going to quit too. All the office staff says, we're going to quit too. This has gone too far. Jerry says, no, I don't care. You can all leave. I'll replace you with anything that I can find on the street. This has got to keep my, my buddy, my fellow arrogant jerk. But then mothers against drug driving and students against drug driving start doing protests at Jerry's house, which is in Highland Park. Neighbors in Highland Park are not going to like this because it messes with traffic something fierce. So the neighbors are going, Jerry, either he goes or you got to go because we can't have this happening around here. So Jerry finally says, I can't do it. I can't fire him. But along comes the guy who really saves him, Barack Obama. And Obama puts together a team of people to buy the White Sox from Jerry. He says, we'll buy it. You'll get your money. We'll give you a little overage to cover the taxes you don't want your kids to pay. And the team that he puts together is get he gets a bunch of really famous White Sox fans. Michael Jordan, a lot of money with Michael Jordan. Uh, Chance the Rapper, a lot of money. And then for uh, other music, because you can't just have you know. Do you know Dennis DeYoung of Sticks is a, a huge White Sox fan? So they get that in on that side. Jim Gaffigan, huge White Sox fan. Gaffigan says, not only will I put money into buying the team, but if we get this, I will do an entire HBO special about the concessions at the GURP. They go, wow, that's wonderful. George Went, huge White Sox fan. Went will eat every concession at the GURP in one, one special, one round of the place. Plus, they agree that they will, when available, doesn't cut into their schedules, replace Gordon Beckham on the TV and, and post and pre and even during the game thing to get rid of Beckham forever. I mean, there's a Christmas wish for you. So they do that. Uh, Jenny McCarthy, huge White Sox fan, agrees to do the White Sox calendar. I don't think you want that. I no, I mean, keep, like keep, keep going, but I think she's she's got a reputation now. Uh, George Lopez, to add, add some more humor, and of course we're broadening our demographics here, uh, brings in, and he's, he's kind of a family-related guy, so we, we bring in family stuff for, for Sox Park. Still not enough money. $1.6, $1.7 billion they got to come up with. These guys are rich. They're not that rich. So Obama goes and talks to a friend of his who is a huge baseball fan and who used to own a minor league team, used to own the Omaha franchise for 20, 30 years, Warren Buffett. Now, Buffett is not necessarily a White Sox fan, but he's a huge baseball fan. He's 91 years old. So, I mean, he saw Roland Heeman died at 92. He wants to get involved before it's too late. Buffett puts up the money because not only do they need the 1.6 billion, they need money to actually get free agents and, and do contracts properly and that kind of thing and compete instead of being kind of half-assed like they're a small market team. So Buffett comes in, he goes over to Rise Star. And of course, Buffett can say this legitimately. He says, son, I think it's time you sold the team. So he convinces him. So this whole outfit ends up buying the team. Uh, they 
start going, well, what are we going to do? Everybody else, of course, all the employees agree they'll, they'll come back with, the, with this new purchase of the team by, by the Buffalo Mama uh, conglomerate. Uh, but they need a manager. Buffett says, you know, I've always been partial to cash. I always like to keep a lot of cash. I've got a few billion dollars right now in cash. And people go, cash? There's a thought. So they talk to Kevin Cash. Now, of course, he's under contract with Tampa Bay, but Tampa Bay will trade anybody who's got a contract over $500,000. So they make some trades, trade some of our uh, younger, really not that important people uh, to Tampa Bay for Kevin Cash. And that becomes our new manager. Uh, The team is set. Uh, the only loser here really is Bob Nightingale, who no longer has his source of, of information, so he can pretend when he knows what's going on with the White Sox. But there you go. It's it's all solved. Let's take a quick break on sharing socks, and we will come back and dissect that wish. Uh, felt a little greedy, I will say. Maybe unrealistic, but we will be right back on sharing socks. Realistic? <laughs> it's only a kick. A jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, welcome back. Okay, so... The first thing I want to say is thank you for that wish, uh, because now my wish of having Yolmer back on the team seems pretty realistic. I feel I feel pretty good about it. I feel like there's a much better chance of Yolmer being on the White Sox next year than there is of, of any of that. Uh, okay, so your whole wish hinges on, and I've listened carefully, a reporter from a Walnut Hill paper who wants to make it to the top. That is the key person in this story who can. That's really... realistic too, incidentally. That's very realistic. I, 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 think the, I think the paper is the East Bay Times. The East Bay Times. So if anyone uh, from the East Bay Times listens to this podcast, you let us know because we have a Christmas wish we need your help with. This all seems like it could work. Uh, this wish could come true. I. I don't know. I don't know that Gaffigan has baseball money. I, I just don't know. No, I know. I think the celebrities are more there for what they can loan in publicity and helping the team along. Now, obviously, the money, the huge money, well, Jordan has huge money, but not maybe huge enough. You, you just need Buffett. Yeah. It's pocket change, Buffett. I've got to go. Uh, I, I got to give you one more alternative using a Sox fan. To help you get that money without dealing with Buffett. Because I think dealing with billionaires, more billionaires, it's just messy. There's, you know, there's a lot of opposition to billionaires right now. 
However, but everybody loves if anybody loves billionaires, he's the billionaire that's loved. It's true, but you know, American dream. Let's let's make the money. Let's earn the money. Let's not just ask Warren Buffett for money. That's far fetched, anyway. In fact, it's the only part of your wish that I think won't happen. Uh-huh. So, Aaron Paul, Jesse Pinkman from Breaking Bad, White Sox fan. I was at a game a couple years ago. He was there. They gave him a shout out. Well, what does he know how to do? Cook meth. Meth. Cook meth. And I I can assure you there's money in meth in the United States. So if we can just get the White Sox, particularly guys we already have, Han, Williams, Ryan Stork, cooking meth and selling meth to you don't even have to limit yourself to Chicago because you go on these road trips. You can you could essentially be the entire distributor for the United States of methamphetamine. Well, now you're talking about some serious dough. When your franchise is the prime meth distributor in the United States of America, you can get Max Scherzer. You can get Max Scherzer. It seems to be to me that there might be some some negatives to this to this plan. Uh, they don't come to yeah. mind right away. It's not a performance enhancing drug, so it wouldn't be illegal by uh, baseball standards. Some people no. would argue. Some people <laughs> would say that their performances of any kind are quite enhanced while on on that drug. Uh, all right, fine. Don't don't become a, a cartel is what you're saying, which I only sort of agree with, but. Uh, yeah, other than that, I think that's a pretty good wish. I, I like the teamwork involved in, in making that happen for us. Um, but I just, I think you're going to run into trouble because you go to Buffett, you get all this money from a Nebraska boy. Well, the Cubs, one of the Ricketts, governor of Nebraska, they just go to their Nebraska connection for more money. And, you know, they'll... they'll They'll outspend us every time, and they got oh, Strowman. I, I think that's immaterial. They're, they're in the National League. We don't care. That's true. That's a really good point. Um, all right, so moving forward, 2022, we've expressed our wishes. I will admit begrudgingly that uh, none of them seem like they will come true or are likely to come true outside of you on Moncada. I don't think we're ever going to see Jose I, I think Moncada with will a clean have. helmet helmet ever again. I think he is committed to the dirty helmet look. Uh, Moncada, we're pretty much guaranteed a follow-up. Possibly an album. In fact, for all we know, that was the first single off his debut album, uh, which would be called most likely Yoan Moncada number 10 because he really loves wearing that on him at all times. He's very uh, a fond of that concept of himself. So uh, I, I can see a self-titled debut album coming from Yuan in 2022. Uh, what are your thoughts as we are a, a few weeks into this lockout? Has, has anything changed for you in terms of what you think will happen? I, there's no. just no movement, it seems like, whatsoever. It, it doesn't no, even it, feel like they're going to address this until 2022. The guesses I've seen are maybe late January they'll they'll resolve something somewhere actually you know back to it almost back to a, a Christmas unwish because it's a wish for a lot of other teams 
they have talked a little bit. I mean, they've spent less loose. I don't think this is going to happen at all about realignment. And, you know, realignment from a Sox fan perspective is very bad. But from the perspective of baseball, it's very good. <laughs> it's crazy. You've got the four teams you've got in the American League East, and then you've got the White Sox and four people who don't care in, in the Central. But is the but the argument for realignment doesn't have anything technically have anything to do with who's good and who's not right? We're not realigning based on quality. It's, well, the the one realignment that they're talking about, I guess, with some actual discussion, was because of the playoff thing, where you know, instead of having five teams from each league, they're going to be twenty, which is a problem because there are only fifteen teams. But some teams will get to be in the playoffs twice. Um, no, with the seventh playoff thing that, that the owners have, have put out there, that, and then the players said something about making it two divisions instead of three to lead to six playoff teams. So you'd have an eight and a seven and an, an eight and a seven. I think there was also talk of a more balanced schedule, which, I mean, poor Baltimore. And yeah, they're not really trying, but they play 76 games. <laughs> against Toronto, Boston, Tampa Bay, and New York. My goodness. <laughs> it's true. I mean, I get it, but you, you can't – I think realigning as any attempt to uh, level competition is is tricky, especially in baseball where you don't necessarily – obviously we know Baltimore is coming in in the basement of the AL East – but it's often unpredictable. I think it's way more important to solve the rebuild problem uh, in other ways than it is to to put this Band-Aid over it. Oh, I, I agree with that. I, in fact, I have a whole set-up plan on, on how to, uh, instead of, to not have a, to have a salary floor without having a salary floor. And I mean, I'm going to write about that, I think, in the, in the next week or so, where, where the money would go into a pot that you could get back if you're good. So you're not uh, penalizing Tampa Bay and Oakland. If you can have low salaries and be really good, more power to you. you, you you've accomplished something. It doesn't happen very often except those two teams. And sometimes people get lucky. But for the most part, it's those two teams. And so I think if you win X number of games over this – my. You know, more than 70, you get this. More than 81, you, you get this back. Uh, that, that would solve that problem because they always win that many games and, and they wouldn't uh, get punished. And all these teams that have $40 million payrolls and win 50 games uh, would take it in a year. And I also, I'll throw it out there, my proposal is that the pop, what's left in it, will get you spread among all minor leaguers. There's a Christmas thing. That is, that's a really nice idea. I mean, we we have gotten some news that minor leaguers are going to be a little better taken care of in the upcoming season. You get housing. You get housing. Seems like enough money for some food. Uh, and I think transportation is covered a, a bit better than it has been previously as well. It's still not great, but at least these guys are, going to have a place to sleep, unlike the Orioles guys who, who slept in their cars earlier this year. Um, but I love the idea of a nice Christmas bonus for uh, the minor league players. Who It's a grueling job being a minor league baseball player, especially if you're not a great one. 
uh, who's already got that big signing bonus. So I, so I, I know I like from, from, idea. uh, cause we were in Dayton when the date, uh, when, when the Dayton Dragons were created back in 2000. And so I interviewed, uh, several of the, of the players, particularly the Dominican players, Hispanic players, but mostly Dominicans, um, about the living stuff. And they, they live four to six in an apartment just to get by. They're pretty cheery guys anyway, but, uh, I, it, I even, it's rough. Uh, and, it, and they were out, the, the dragons were out. And I think other minor league teams do this as well, asking for members of the community to allow somebody to live in their house or apartment. Uh, and that happened. That happened with numerous I, players. I had a friend in high school who had a dragon living in his basement, who had a, a Dayton dragon that they did. That's a nice know. phrase, a dragon living in his basement. <laughs> from Monsters Inc. <laughs> he said it was like an adopt a dragon program. And yes, I think it was that, yeah. They they just this had this guy living in the basement and he would go to his games and come home and that's really all it was, but Hopefully, you know, that's not a terrible scenario, but if you're a professional at anything, you shouldn't be having to uh, be adopted by a community member in order to have a place to sleep at night. So at least it looks like that's going to be a little better. Do you have anything else as we head into uh, at the end of the year here? No, I, I, I think uh, I think a little happy holidays, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. I don't think we're going to do another show until uh the far-flung future of uh, 2022. We hope we hear something more happening as far as the lockout is concerned. Uh, but yeah, best holiday wishes for everybody out there, whatever your holiday happens to be. Yes, everyone travel safe. You know, watch the other sports. I hear there are some others other than baseball people can enjoy this holiday season. Um, and hopefully when we come back to you in 2022, we will have great news from the the biggest christmas gift of all which is some sort of deal that gets us a 2022 baseball season on time uh i don't anticipate that happening but we can all dream but uh thank you all for continuing to listen to sharing socks in 2021 i know we brought you some uh delightfully brilliant takes along with some delightfully horrific takes uh hopefully you enjoyed both sides either agreeing with us or yelling at us Uh, But have a wonderful, safe, happy, healthy new year. And we will see you in 2022 on Sharing Socks.